This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Hope everybody's enjoying their family day. This is my getaway from my family day, Kipper. I just did Great Wolf Lodge. I'm free! Radio! You took the kid. That's a must for <laughs> any parent. Yeah. Any parents out there. Yeah. Living in southern Ontario. It's just a, a must. Yeah. You know you're going to go there. You know you're going to get screwed with the cost of everything. <laughs> yeah. But you do it anyway. Unbelievably uh, efficient at draining your pockets. I uh, couldn't believe. the. They're like, yeah, touch your wrist to this. We get 50 <laughs> bucks for it. Don't ask what it's for. I can't believe you, know? you can afford to get gas in your car to get here today. I know. we're. I'm, I'm dry. I'm eating the scraps. I just <laughs> ate a plain Timbit left in a box back there. <laughs> oh. So while everybody still enjoys their day off, we're coming to work. Uh, you can't have a trade like that on the weekend and not talk about it as early as Monday. Can you, ah, can you not, Sammy? I mean, people would have come on Tuesday too, I think. No, we had to come in today. Must. Must. Big day. Must. Must. People were calling for us to come back on the air on the weekend. You know what I think? Here's my theory. Dubis, so sick of our show and questioning what they're doing. They said, make the trade at 5.05 on Friday. Just screw Kipper Born, Sam, and crew. For those of you living under the ro- a rock uh, the last little while, Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Achari in a three-team trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs, St. Louis, Minnesota, key contributors in all of this. And we got a couple of sample sizes, albeit small ones on the weekend against Montreal and Chicago. But before we get into that, uh, just on a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you that this happened, this happened now, and not towards uh, the latter part of March 3rd? You know, we did an exercise, Yumi and, and Sammy, talking about all the different players you could plug in and how it makes your team look. If, I forget if it was Thursday or Friday. But one of the ones w- that came up was O'Reilly. We did talk about him. And I remember saying how greatly it altered the look of the forward group. Like it changed everything in a significant way, in a way that adding a single winger or a single D-man didn't quite have the same impact. And it did that for me. So I'm not shocked because I'm sure they went through the exercise of what adding this player and that player and how it all changes things. This makes them look significantly different to me. So I'm not shocked by that. I'm shocked they managed to get double retention and get it done. And obviously yeah. it costs quite a bit and get a Chari. Yeah. I'm shocked for other reasons. I'm not shocked they got O'Reilly. I am surprised that it happened this early. Are you? I thought that they would have pushed a little bit further uh, down the, uh, the next week. Mm-hmm just to see and keep options open. The commitment for me to go out and get uh, two forwards over a defense to me with the, with the, with a week still to go to take those assets. And essentially we are talking about a collective uh, group of a first, a second, a third and a fourth Mm -hmm. into two forwards over I get this, I get making this decision maybe towards March, March 1st, mm-hmm. March 2nd. I'm surprised that they did it this early for, for two forwards when I think there's still a major concern on the blue line. You know what that says to me, though, is that they had conversations about what they wanted to prioritize, like... 
you know, if they felt like what we have to get for our assets, because you only have so much money to spend, just like they, they only had so much to asset or so many assets to spend, they must have said, here's our list of priorities for what we want to do with our team. And they must have thought that a, that a forward had priority over a D-man. Sammy, where are you on that? Because I would have prioritized the blue line over the forwards, albeit uh, the holes that we, we've talked at great length over. I would have – I'd probably just do both, Kipper. Quite honestly, like I don't necessarily – I mean, the trade deadline hasn't passed here now. I know they don't have the assets that – they don't have a lot of assets, period, after this I, trade. I, I don't know what – but what I think, they're willing to do f- to to shore up the blue line now? Well, you're still holding the ace. No, nah, no, they're not. I don't think that's. I think that's out of the question now. Don't you? No, I nope. do. I do. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got uh, Matt. I got uh, Matthew Nye's out of play right now, and okay. that's not on any knowledge or inside information. Yeah, this is me watching. Kyle Dubas, well before the March trade deadline, say, I can go get Ryan O'Reilly right now and it won't cost me Matthew Nyes. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it depends. You know, you couldn't make, you can't do everything with one, you know, with the assets. We talked about what they had to spend. And the first was probably their biggest thing outside of Nyes, right? To spend. Uh, wanted to keep Nyes if possible. We talked about where we prioritize it. I wrote the day of the trade that the Leafs are going to do something on their decor, and they still are. They're still going to get a defenseman. That doesn't... The other thing that stands out for me is that there's not a defenseman out there that I think is worthy of giving up Matthew Nice. See, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And I I like uh, Jacob Chikrin. I'm not sure I give Matthew Nice up for him. Even Ekholm, if they they could do something like that. Ekholm has three more years after this year, and he's 32. a little weathered and worn down and no i'm not giving up matthew nice for a 31 year old yeah even like can you get gavrikov now without having you know you're not going to give up nice for expiring gavrikov that's not happening right now everybody says gavrikov's going to the boston bruins Mm. Mm. that i've talked to okay they really believe that that, uh that uh, Boston's got the inside edge on that. Rich get richer there. So, I listen, I think what we saw over the weekend in terms of how much better the Leafs' forward depth looks like, adding two really capable NHL bodies, adding Ryan O'Reilly and, his, and then adding Achari, who's a good fourth liner, I think that that is a huge change to the way the team looks, obviously. But I am still kind of with Kipper here in terms of the deep core still, to me, is a piece short. And the big elephant in the room is that, you know, Sergey Samsonov and Joseph Wall are your goalies right now. Like, there's there's still other issues with this team that need sure. to be addressed. You guys are tough to make happy, though. No. I mean, you can't make four trades at once. You know, you got issues to address. You take care of one. And, yes, it is yeah. expensive. But, you know, the the idea that had we had this hap- trade happen for a D and you go, Boy, that uh, left winger in the second line is still no good. I mean, this is a this is a massive change to me in what well, you're able to do. Let, let's talk about uh, the left wing because, I mean, I I, I like Ryan O'Reilly a lot. I yeah. loved him when he, St. Louis picked him up from Buffalo. Right. And when I when I was asked my predictions that year to from Sportsnet, 
who wins the Stanley Cup. I, I picked St. Louis based on Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Because I just think this guy's a winner and uh, exactly what they needed at the time to lead. Saying that, I, I like him a lot here. I don't like that he's having an off year. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that the fact that, uh, you know, he doesn't carry the same kind of clout right now. Now, can he get, can he find his game back? Can he get be rejuvenated? A lot of underachievers uh, in St. Louis, including Ryan O'Reilly this year, and probably he'd be the first one to admit that. Uh, but where is that fit? And, you know, you sit here and you just said moments ago that we'd sit there going, oh, what about the left side? Yeah. You know, I watched on a short sample size of Tavares on the left side, and I'm not overly thrilled on what I saw. And be it all, again, yeah. s- small sample, I'm not a big fan of Tavares and O'Reilly and Marner together from what I could gather up uh yeah that's fair where is where's ryan o'reilly's spot for you on this hockey club i I think he needs to be a centerman and probably not with Tavares. i think Tavares needs to be a centerman too i i love the idea of having matthews Tavares, o'reilly camp down the gut so like and i'm watching i'm with you this weekend sammy i'm watching and i'm like where 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 is another team now when they see those three guys lined up at center ice, Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it's, I I think it's up to my opponents to go, okay, who do I want to match up? Those are pretty good three centermen down there. I don't understand Sheldon Keefe going to uh, O'Reilly and Tavares on the left side right away. To me, that that's a line that you put together down a goal. You're like, yeah, situational. Yeah. Or even protecting a lead, shortening your bench. Now, all of a sudden, you want them together for, for all those uh, different uh, parts of the game. Yeah. But to come out and do that right away, to me, is Sheldon Keefe overthinking. You know, I, I did think I wonder, I wonder if there wasn't some effort to not have O'Reilly come in and be like, yeah, you're not going to be on the power play. And also you play with, uh, you know, Yarncrock and Engvall or whatever and, and not have, like, you want him to feel a part of the big boys, a part, part of the core you know, you get to know Tavares and Marner, and you guys do some work together. So you're saying Sheldon was uh, scared to hurt Ryan O'Reilly's feelings? Oh, I'm wondering. No, I, I just think a he, you know get to know the 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 main pieces and be a part of that. Would you like to hear Sheldon Keefe talk about why he played? Well, um, that would be perfect. Playing Tavares with them. Let's do it. Let her rip. Okay. Uh, in terms of the decision to play him there, I just. You know, I know it's something I would have tried at some point, for sure, and we're going to give it some runway. Um, thought that setting up O'Reilly and the Cherry both in terms of playing their natural position, playing at center, um, and then in O'Reilly's case in particular, you know, playing with two of our top guys, it just helped put him in a spot, a good spot here uh, on arrival. And then, you know, John and I, over my tenure here, we, we've talked about him playing wing at different times. We just we haven't really had the depth at center to be able to give it much of a look other than the odd shift here and there. So for all those reasons, it just made sense for me to just start with it right out of the gate. Yeah, put him in a chance to position to succeed yeah. to start things off. I'll be surprised if we don't see one, two, and three uh, yeah. against Buffalo. Yeah, you know, Tavares, you're right, though. It's not... Like on wing, is it that different for him? Maybe he's less involved. And, you know, something he doesn't do exceptionally well is is get started. And as a winger, you do more, more you stop in the D zone. You're not kind of constantly yeah. moving around. So not sure and, that's perfect for him. But I'm not sure because they're not going to have a practice. 
right, before tomorrow because they're off today. And they'll probably have a morning skate tomorrow, do some meetings tomorrow. I bet we see him with Tavares and Marner again tomorrow. One more? One more, and then you'll have a full practice on Wednesday with a couple days off, a couple hard practice days before, was it Minnesota on, on Friday? I think so, Minnesota on Friday. So I would imagine you'd probably see him play there one more game before they – but I, to me, the reason you acquire Ryan O'Reilly – is to have unbelievable center depth where, like Kipper said, Mm -hmm. you're trying to put it on the other team saying, holy hell, who are we going to match up our best guys with? As opposed to turning Ryan O'Reilly, who at this point of his career isn't necessarily the offensive dynamo that he was as like a part of a super line. I think his defensive ability and his shutdown ability is more important to this team than his offensive is. Just start it now then, Sammy, between not hurting his feelings and you wanting to see it one more time against Buffalo. I don't want... Establish a checking line where you've got one of the best 200-foot centermen out there. This is our third line. Let let, let O'Reilly drag in Angval and Yarncroc into a fight here and just... Come on, let let her let her rip. I actually think that they've done that poorly, you know, over Keith's time here. Remember, Joe Thornton comes in and they're like, "Yeah, he's going to play with Marner and Matthews, and the only place to go is down." You know, same with Nick Ritchie. Only place to go is, is yeah. down when you start yeah. up there. And now, albeit only two games on the weekend, it does feel like he would be demoted, right? Right. Rather than just slot into your natural Sit- place in the situational, yeah. saying that we've got now three of the best center in the East. What do you think the cost here of Nola Chari was or the value is second for Chari? You think he's the second rounder? He was the second rounder. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's this is no small potatoes for the Leafs here. Like, we had Darren Pang in here on Thursday who was like, Achari, 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 talking about how good he's yeah. been, guy who scored yeah. 20 something, in the league. Some, something tells me Spanky might have known of something. Didn't that sound like yes. he knew something? Go back. Anyone that wants to uh, listen to Darren Pang coming into our uh, studio might last Wednesday. Boys, he knew. Go, go back to the podcast. Spanky, Darren Pang, a.k.a. Spanky. <laughs> yes, Spankster. Spank. <laughs> Just listen to the show. You'll understand where Spanky came from. Uh that guy was on to something. Yeah, he was like, yeah, this is Achari. What a year, Achari. And I was like, all right, man. Like, yeah, back Achari's off. Achari's fine. Sold. Back sold. To- <laughs> but we saw, like, this guy's a legit bottom six professional NHL player. We got one for you? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Now- legit. All day long. Plays I- hard. Leans on guys. Finishes checks. His goal, typical of what we can expect out of Achari. Yeah. Gets his nose dirty. Come on, that's what the Leafs have been looking for. Me and uh, but it, Bunk have been calling him the centerpiece. But <laughs> to your point, yeah, it's not cheap. It's a second rounder yeah, in this draft. Yeah, certainly expiring deal, second rounder. But boy, um, yeah, you know he takes contact in front of the net on his goal, stays with it. You know he's in kind of that area. A couple of good pros. See this for me, just again. Reading the tea leaves, eventually getting Ryan O'Reilly into a third center spot really le- lends towards Matthew Nyes coming in there. And maybe yeah. it's a hope and a prayer that he steps in and he could actually play with uh, Tavares and Marner. Mm-hmm. But there's your bigger, heavier winger coming in at, uh, I don't know, what would he be, 21? 2021 at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's a... You want to put Nyes in the top six, eh? 
Listen, it's uh, if if you strike lightning, it's very helpful. Yes, with Ryan O'Reilly as your third line centerman. I mean, right now the fourth line is Aston Reese, Achari, Kerfoot. You know, according to just looking at Daily Faceoff right now, you know Aston Reese on that left side probably gets the boot for Nyes at, at that point, and you know Engvall. You're looking at Engvall, Achari, and Kerfoot, or even if it is Nyes, Achari, and Kerfoot. So I don't know if we really the, got the the question from you, like of the answer from you, like Kipper. Do you like the trade? Compared to what they had before, it was a must. Okay. Was it very expensive? Yes. Did they need to do something? Yes. Are they better for it? Yes. Is it enough? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's that's okay. That's fair. I just wanted to make sure we yeah. got that in there. Do you guys want you know, to hear- if it's not enough with them, you know, they were way off before, and hopefully this leaves them the runway and the time. You're right about the assets. Like, what do you have left to spend here, you know, to, to shore up a, a D spot? The D certainly look worse than last year. The forward group looks considerably better to me, but... The forward group is definitely better this year yeah. after this trade, but I think what you said about the D core is still probably worse than last year. I The, the problem that, you know, the thing that scares me about this and listen, I love Ryan O'Reilly, and I hate to be on the side of concerned about the trade, but I just have to ask how much closer you are to beating Tampa now with this as you were before, and is it worth giving up almost a full draft class to get this much closer? I mean, that's the question. Draft class, well, I mean, a fourth in twenty twenty five. Yeah, it's, well, and, like you know, I mean, it's there, one, two, three. It's, it's one, a, two, three, four. Yeah. It's a lot to give. I'm just, I'm asking you the question. Like, yeah. do you think they're that much closer to beating Tampa in the first round now than they were wow. before? Worst case scenario, this is uh, Nick Foligno, too. Oh, yeah, that's worst case scenario for sure. Uh, the, the, other, the other note as well, and I know this has been said, but, like, it's not a lottery first. You know, you're looking at the 27th pick, 27th and the, you know, whatever else you want to call those picks. They're so, assets. They're assets. JB, no, they're, I understand. I, I understand. I, I, I'm know, just saying they're not and they're, top 10 they're, picks. They're, they're valuable, and, you know, if you're – Scouting staff's doing a good job. You should get a good pro out of it. Yeah. Albeit maybe 1 to 30 in your depth chart of organizational. Yeah. So there's no question there's a steep price to pay. It's a real cost. It is a real cost. And there's, you know, we've talked about the whole all-in thing. And if it doesn't work... Go ahead. So we, we've got Kyle Dubas. Uh, we've got a bunch of Dubas. Yeah, we yep. got a uh, – and correct me if I'm wrong. Do, do we all remember hearing him say, with, with maybe not definitively, that it was highly unlikely that he'd give up first-rounders for rentals? Oh, yeah, he said that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't make it up. No, but we said at the time that that's how you increase the value of those things, by being a boxer who's saying, I'm retired, and if you want me to come back, it's going to cost a lot. You say, I'm not doing that. Unless you pay me enough. Okay, let's go to Kyle Dubas on trading this first-round pick for Ryan O'Reilly. As I said a few weeks ago, I I don't often like to part with first-round picks for for players that aren't under contract, and we've done it uh, twice now. I just felt that uh, the team had earned it, and um, we have to put our team in the best position, and I'd rather have dealt the picks than uh, deal from our reserve of uh, prospects, mostly because we know the prospects and what they're about. We're with them every day, and the picks are 
a little bit like the mystery box. You can have the uh, have the mystery box. You can have the prospects. So we kept our guys, and we'll we'll roll from there. Dubas is trying hard not to use the Simpsons line. You could have a boat or the mystery box, and what's in the mystery box could be anything. Could be a boat. That's yes. Could be Seth Jarvis. Could yeah. be Seth Jarvis. hundred. You took the words right out of my mouth. Right. Little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. Now team earned it. You if, think you think this was always the plan, or I don't know. It just. I, again, I only can go back to what he said uh, a week and a half ago, but did someone change his mind for him? Or he just lied. Or he just yeah, lied. That's what I think. Yeah, probably yeah. just lied. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, I think this was always the plan that they were going to be as aggressive as possible, not necessarily O'Reilly and Achari, but to be aggressive, to take swings. You know, I, I, I just don't want them to be the Minnesota Wild or the Nashville Predators and finish – 15th the next 20 years so if they're gonna take a swing at the cup this year and then suck for a few years and then draft high again and like i'd rather be the up and down franchise personally if i haven't made myself clear on this show i love this like i'm really excited about this what's the point of being a sports fan to me if your team doesn't try to get better and try to win championships and i understand that you have to think about it more pragmatically yeah and is it the best of a bad situation, which is we need help everywhere, right? Yeah. We're going into this. We need help. Yeah. Top six, bottom six. Hopefully that was addressed with this. Yeah. But if, if we look over the course of the last year and a half or two years, it's the stinking blue line that's hampered this team. It yeah. has. Yes. And goaltending to a certain extent, for sure. Don't worry, they're fine in net. But, so, but also like, the, the special teams. <laughs> where, where, is, yeah. where is the priority? Yeah. Where is the priority on this? Well, you know, I have seen all these smart internet people say they thought it was forwards, and I don't uh, agree. I agree with you, Kip. I agree that, like, D is something they need to shore up. I, I You need another valuable D-man, a guy who can defend and be heavy. You know, Jonas Siegel in The Athletic today mentioned – a name like Dmitry Orlov, and you see that name, it's like, ooh. Like, I know the Caps are still in a playoff race, but if they were to fall out. You you mentioned stuff that's killed them in the in the playoffs before, and sure, it's been, de- like, you know, decor or whatever and lack of big goals, but a lot of it has to be, do with the special teams as well, and they haven't been able to kill a penalty at big times where the power plays let them, or the power plays let them down. Both, si- both side of it, Yeah. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari are both excellent penalty killers. Yeah. Like, in that, I mean, uh, Achari had a couple moments last night of the penalty kill where he looked like, you know, outside of Marner, maybe their best penalty killing forward. And to me, if there's one thing that I'm going to say that I love about it is acquiring two guys that are good penalty killers, one guy that can play the bumper position on a second power play or even a first, depending on how you want to do it. If you want to bump somebody off, they probably won't. I do think that one of the huge things that's killed them in the playoffs is special teams, and this was a big swing to help that out. No? Yeah, yeah I see that. Yes, 100%. Deeper depth. Like, no no question about it. But I, I will also say, like, I didn't love O'Reilly, like, O'Reilly in either game that they played this week. Well, he makes a lot of listen, little plays. He does. He's, he's heavy as hell. He plays in small areas. He's He's... Hockey IQ is way above average. Yeah. 
his strength isn't speed. So what you really essentially have now is two guys that don't play with speed, Tavares and O'Reilly. I'm curious what you think of that. If you for, before right? that and, question, and, and they are similar type of players. Yeah. With listen, if they even kind of skate similar, like they have, they look, they wear ninety and ninety one. They but, look a lot alike. But the, the cachets in O'Reilly, it's not in Tavares. I'm sorry. No, you're right. If you had to take one centerman, if if you had a choice, would you take O'Reilly or Tavares? Yeah, O'Reilly is just, if Tavares were also awesome at defense. That's essentially what O'Reilly or is. Maybe even grittier. Yeah, you know. Whoa, yeah, so you you would take O'Reilly, O'Reilly over Tavares? Yeah. Oh my God, you're nuts. <laughs> you're nuts. What do you mean? You wouldn't? No. In a game seven? No. No. Yeah, I would. No, this is no. This is that's. We listen. do not agree. Yeah. Come on, Tavares has. What does he have? Almost thirty goals this year. He's you yeah. know. It's a. He's a really good player. Yeah, he's I don't need appreciate thirty it. goals in a game seven. Okay. I need a guy that can do it all. Okay. He, here's you know, one I mean, thing. I, I John Tavares did score in Game Seven last year until it was ripped off the board by the <laughs> yeah. worst penalty call in the history. You know what of I did notice through two games, so we can talk about that that line, the Marner Tavares O'Reilly line, because it's fascinating. Do you want guys to play at the same speed, which is slow, or do you want? But what I did notice is how many times were they on the forecheck and the other team's breaking the puck out and someone knocked the puck out of the air? They knocked it out of the air and they poked it in. They turned it around. The teams just could not break out against that line. Marner's so good with his stick and if they're positioning. I don't know if you like that line as a group or not. Again, speed. Yeah. But boy, are they frustrating to try to get the puck passed with their good sticks. Yeah. So what do you think? So you like the, the all-together speed? At least everyone goes the same speed? Or So let me get this straight, Kevin. this Sprinkle it uh, all across the outfield. Let me get this. Or straight. the infield. What do you do? You sprinkle the infield or you sprinkle the outfield? So sprinkle it. You don't. You don't like. You don't. You like the trade. You think it made them better. You think they paid yeah. too, too much. Uh, it was expensive. But you would prefer to have Ryan O'Reilly than John Tavares. I'm listen. I'm just saying that I think Ryan O'Reilly is more of a complete player than John Tavares. Also, I would. Okay. Add, is, I would like uh, to add. Is, is can Tavares a better scorer? Yes, but I'm just saying that. I mean, that's kind of the point of the game is to score. Yeah, it's also to keep pucks out. Ah, it's also yeah. not to turn pucks over. Tavares, to me, has a, an issue sometimes turning the puck over. He does. He turns the puck over a lot. He does. There's no doubt. Okay, can I we go back to Chicago's crazy. first goal last night? Mm-hmm. Who turned the puck over? Was it Tavares? I'm trying to think of the first goal. Yeah, think about it. Behind the net, banked it off the wall. Five seconds later, it's in the net. Yeah. I'm Kane. looking at O'Reilly's career stats. And I'm not taking uh, this. I'm just saying, though, like, go back to my vision. And I would not take – I wouldn't put I'm – putting, I'm putting Ryan O'Reilly in the third slot. It's not like I'm, I'm saying that – Tavares should get bumped. Tavares should go to the third line right. here. Like, he's, he's still a better offensive – top six guy than Ryan O'Reilly. Leave him where he is. I'm just not sure it's a good fit to now push Tavares to the left side. Yeah. Yeah. At, at this point. I don't I don't like it either, Kip. I, I don't see Tavares as a winger. Again, I think that, you know, a lot of the Leafs wingers fly the zone and push the pace and pull the D out with them, and Tavares ain't pulling anyone anywhere, you know, the, with his his game, his speed. So, yeah, I like him there. I like O'Reilly. You're right in the three spot. How good would you feel about an O'Reilly-centered sort of shutdown group? Who, yeah, Nyes comes in and plays left side. Well, who do you like with? Somewhere. Who do you like to play with O'Reilly, Kipper? Do you have a thought in mind? 
I think you have to, uh, you got to leave Engvall there. And Yarncroft's done enough where he's not, as I've said all season long, yeah. a top six guy. Mm-hmm. That to me is a, a good start to a checking line. So then who do you have in the top six? Kerfoot again? I have to go and put Kerfoot on the left side with uh, Tavares and, and Marner while I wait for Matthew Nye. But it's also yeah. different when you have a third line that's also a second line. You know, that changes things to me too, where, you know, you're all concerned about the second line having Kerfoot on it, but if your third line is... I'm not, I'm not any happier having Kerfoot there than I no. am uh, Yarncrock. No. It's just... I, I'm fine with Kerfoot there, but yeah, then your third line is O'Reilly, Engvall, Yarncrock. And your fourth line is Camp Achari and, you know, Nyes or Aston whoever you Reese. want it to be. Yeah, something whatever. like that. Seven you know. points in, so this year for Aston. By the Reese. way, Bobby McMahon with the Marlies uh, scored today. He, now he did score today? 13 goals in 13 games now, according to the recent tweet I saw. Well, Sammy had it uh, before the game, too, we called it. So yeah. almost a goal per game since he's been back. Plenty to still get into. Gord Stellick in about 15 minutes will be joining us. Jamal Myers, uh, Jamal Mayers, uh, former NHLer, Sportsnet hockey analyst, a guy that knows St. Louis market very well. We'll talk Ryan O'Reilly with Jamal uh, later on in the show in, in the next hour. As far as Kyle Dubas, uh, still more meat on the bone with his comments about the trade. Derek, you have that for us? Felt that the move was important considering uh, the market going through all of our options, surveying the market, continuing to watch where our own team was at and where we we're headed um, to add these uh, two specific players to our group. Um, obviously, Ryan O'Reilly's pedigree speaks for itself, um, but his defensive prowess, his playoff performance, um, what he brings to our uh, center position, uh, and what he will bring to our team on and off the ice, we thought was vital for trying to accomplish what we're about to try to accomplish, especially uh, with the level of competition that we're going to face. See, I just think that once they figured out they couldn't get a guy like Timo Meyer to shore up that left side, yeah. this was the only option that they saw on the board, and they're like, let's go do it right now. Yeah. Doubly impactful, I think. You know, having lots of runways, still 25 hockey games for them to get acclimated. And it is two guys. It's not just O'Reilly. And we talked about the bottom six needing a little someone too. So it's it's significant, but it's a big deal. And it's exciting for the Leafs. And now it's a matter of, okay, you got how long, what is it, 13 days here to figure out what else. The goaltending, a little concerning the other night. We've talked about the decor. But now they're not, I mean, they're not done. You know, I don't know what else there is to spend, really, but... I don't think there's much. I really don't. And I think you, Sammy, did you mention earlier in the show or even off-air, Orlov and the Washington Capitals? Borny said it on-air, but we had been talking about it off-air. Okay, Mm -hmm. so uh, we all believe that uh, uh, Gavrikov is going to end up in Boston. We're the Washington Capitals. I think they've got a big week coming up. I think they've got Detroit. Yep. They've got... Um, Anaheim, and I think the Rangers are in there without yeah, one, two, three, rechecking. You got it. But, like, hey, where are they? Are they buyers? Are they sellers? Will we find out by the end of the week if they're sellers? If not, then there's two defensemen there. I think Jensen's another one. They also play the Sabres same week, four games this week, all in the uh, division. All 
Sorry, Atlantic or Metro. Huge week. Yeah. Plenty of time before March 3rd to decide whether you're buyers or sellers. Right. So uh, last time I had heard they'd like to sign Orlov in Washington, he's asking for way too much money and too too much term hmm. as of now. Caps are currently one point out of a playoff spot, but a lot of games played, like teams around them have less. They're They're hanging on. Lost so, four in a row now. If I'm not mistaken, Orlov also f- falls into that 31, 32 years of age. Yeah. You ready to go rent another guy for a first or second round pick? Well, I they mean, don't. Ha- they don't have any seconds, do they? I don't know. No, they, they trade the next three years. They have no seconds. You're, you're pretty okay. So, so that's out. <laughs> yeah, that's out. Yeah, that's done. Are you ready to go get another rental? Yeah, I love Orlov. They're pretty pot committed here. I've al- I've always been a huge fan of Orlov's game, and just in terms of sort of puck moving ability with the grittiness, like he really does feel like a like a muzzin oh, type guy. Yes, and I I, I, I like game. him on the left side. Yeah. So to me, the move if you're going to make it would be would be right like it'd be a I don't ro- think it'd be a roster it'd be a roster player of some kind, maybe one that plays on the left side and plays defense. Where's number 38? Like, I mean, that's if they're going to be able to make a trade for another guy, you got to think it's maybe somebody like that. No, like, I don't, I don't think they're going to be trading their 2024 first round pick or 2025 first round pick. I don't think he wants to go that far. Here's what I can tell you the Leafs can do from now on. Um, So first off, they have firsts in 24 and 25 if they wanted to get hyper aggressive, but just that's not what I was going to tell you in terms of cap space. They have uh, like four and a half million dollars that they can spend at the deadline with Murray on LTIR. When he comes off LTIR, they cannot spend or add any more money without money going out. So if you add Orlov at 50% retained, that's two and a half or 2.6, you have to move 2.6 to get him in. So anything they do now not only has to come with a cost of the assets, but money has to go out that as well. It doesn't sound realistic, does it? I don't know. I honestly, like, if you do move Sandine and there goes 1.4, you know, can you cut your roster down to, you know, send guys down to make room? It Like, I'm sure there's a way for a guy at that number, but much above that number, it gets challenging. Okay, so Achari, Ryan O'Reilly, a potential Orlov, Gabrikov, they all need extensions. Let's go to Kyle Dubas on the thought of getting any of these guys, including Ryan O'Reilly, of course, on an extension. Not at this time. My, my view of it on, on that is, and I don't profess that it's the right way to look at it, Luke, but I, I think whenever you're, you know, that always becomes the topic with this, and I, I think that you want to see how the player fits in with where you're at, whether they like it here, whether it's the right fit. The, the term that I use in that is I, I'd like to, like, the people to live together before they get married a little bit rather than take that step without it. That's just my view. It doesn't mean that it's right. I know other teams have different views on it, but my view is you want to make sure that the mix is right in the house before you commit to being together for a long time. <laughs> wonder how Grandma Dubas feels about that, <laughs> yeah. living together like before to out the goods getting before married. committing a little bit there, huh? What is up with that? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's you. He's talking specifically about O'Reilly there, but I think it's a, it's a point about other guys that they trade for. I guess and maybe Achari. I definitely picture Achari as more of a like a pure rental than I would, you know, Ryan O'Reilly. There's like you know maybe it's on his list. He's from here. 
people are saying, oh, maybe you'll do the, maybe you'll do the Giordano thing. Well, he's not 40. You know, he's 32 years old here. He's still got some value. I doubt he's going to take that sweetheart of a deal, but I don't do know. Do you want Ryan O'Reilly at 750 a year? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good to me. That'll work. I think, do you I know think who reps li- him? Who? Uh, Pat Morris. Okay. And, I think he lives uh, in the beaches. Newport. Isn't that his property taxes they, they don't, for you? They, they, don't, they don't do the discounts. No? No. No, he won't no, be taking the hometown discount? No, they don't do discounts. No? No. Oh, well, then he'll take a million then, you know, instead of the 750K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... He still wants frontline money, I think. You think? I wonder what Achari's going to be worth. You think Ryan O'Reilly's still looking for frontline money? Would you, would you, if Ryan O'Reilly gave you an option to sign him for, say, five, five times four, would you take it? Five, five? I have to watch more games. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't answer there, that question right now. Maybe not. Is good. there a thought that maybe his off year, maybe because he's lost a little bit of a step? Well, would that be concerning for you? I've I've seen a few uh, analytical things in terms of his down year, and there's been a lot of lot written about you know bad goaltending while he's on the ice, lack of finishing by his line mates. There's a lot of stuff that says that you know had a little bit of an unlucky year in terms of his production, but he's still I mean minus twenty four is still not pretty, and he still doesn't have as nearly his production. So I think he'd be stupid to look at it and be like. It's purely because he's playing with bad players and can't get a save. There's obviously something there. He's not what he was in 2019, but I think you have to kind of convince yourself that some of those analytics are correct, right? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, we talked about Patrick Kane on this show, and if you want to go by numbers, it's like, okay, he's looks atrocious in every different way, right? One of the worst defensive seasons of all time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you watch him play against the Leafs, and it's like, oh, oh right. Great players can do great things. I mean, that <laughs> not a great narrative game for Leafs fans last night. Old Kane shooting it in the net a bunch? Yeah, listen. <laughs> okay, you know what? Well, I want to get into that game in, in Chicago and Kane and all of it. I just want to just okay. finish off this yeah, conversation because yeah. you asked an interesting question moments ago before we got into all that, and that was uh, Achari, also a UFA, mm-hmm. also a guy that st- stood out this weekend to know that there's more to him and more substance as a bottom six forward than pretty much anything we've seen up until now. Yeah. So... What would that take for the Kyle Dubas to re-sign Achari? Because I'm thinking, if is he not really cheap right now at one two or one four? Yes. And how old is he? Thirty one. Thirty. So he's going to want, he's going to be looking for a, a yarn crock type of deal, but I think he blows by yarn crock at two million. You know what I don't know, and just looking over his career stats, like when he was in Florida in 2020 and he scored 20 goals. Um, you know, this year he's on a one-year, $1.25 million contract. He didn't get a bigger deal after scoring 20. This year he's got 10, you know. Like, is he going to get four times two and a half or something? I don't know if he'll get four years because only the Leafs were um, on that for uh, kooky enough to give Yarncroc four years. Yeah, But I, I think he could get uh, two and a half times three. Yeah. Easy. But I, I don't think Dubas cares about that. Like yeah, I said, I, I, think, just, I think he's more but, of a rental than it, O'Reilly is. No, I see. I, Other I, way I don't agree. I think there's a ton of pressure for, for Kyle. Hopefully, he you know he's still in a position in the summer right. to turn around and say, hey, uh, we traded for somebody, but we kept him. Yeah, I, I, right? I, that's a good point. It's not, it's not a rental. It was not a rental. We traded him. And I think in a perfect world, they would love 
to also sign Ryan O'Reilly after seeing success and the depth and maybe getting past Tampa Bay. They get past Tampa Bay. Ryan O'Reilly's going to be looking at a at uh, he is a a, hero uh, an extension. It's only going to be a matter of whether it's good enough for him. Um, forget the cup. If they beat Tampa with him and he's a big part of it, he's going to go on Legends Row for, for winning a first-round series. God, your bar's so low, man. Yeah. Legends <laughs> Row for a first round. Sammy, yeah. I love no. you, but that's embarrassing. <laughs> You're embarrassing yourself, bud. You are. Your bar's so low. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not right. Yeah. Agree. It's, imp- <laughs> it's pathetic, Kevin. Yeah, I don't know what to tell they you. They did it to you. You the, didn't do it yeah, to yourself. It's, it's not. Yeah, I didn't choose. I didn't choose this life. <laughs> I didn't choose this life. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I could live with that. All right. We, we got tons still to get into. Oh, my God. We're going to spend probably the, 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 all, the whole two hours uh, on this. <laughs> yeah. What else were we going to do? <laughs> well, I don't know. You were going to tell April is, 17th. Isn't, isn't there a key matchup in the Atlantic division right now between Boston and Ottawa Don't going you, on? Do you want to talk about Tyler Mott traded? I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, we can no, talk about that we'll, one. Okay. We'll, we will eventually get oh, to that we? maybe okay. by Thursday or Friday. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. As we said, Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation pre and post game. Former Leaf GM, we're going to break it all down with Stellectricity after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you are on this family day, we hope you're enjoying Real Kipper and Born. We're here breaking down the big trade between the Toronto Maple Leafs, St. Louis, and a little sprinkle of Minnesota. Let's welcome in a guy that uh, certainly has never lost on opinion on something big. It's electricity. So that's where we're going to start. Gord Stellick, welcome aboard. Hope it's a good family day for you. And just your thoughts about Kyle making the tough decision of uh, giving up on uh, Adam Gaudet. <laughs> well, uh, the day just got complete to be part of the uh, family day on, on, on your, your guys' show. So I appreciate that. That's made it perfect. And, uh, yeah, Adam Gaudet, that was a tough one. That was the Adam Gaudet era's come and gone. I guess the tribute video uh, will happen pretty soon. Hey, you know what? Uh, I like it. I mean, it's one of those – it's futures, obviously, down the road, and that's where if you're the St. Louis Blues or other teams, I mean, you know, you turn to your scouting staff because uh, – a 25 to 32 pick is obviously not a blue blue chip, but you know if you have uh, if you have quality scouts, you know by and large you, you turn that into a quality player uh, more often than not. But anyway, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, no secret uh, they have to every, every cliche go for the fences, whatever. Had to do something. I wasn't sure what direction that uh, that Kyle and the gang were going to go. Um, I I are they done yet? I don't know. I don't know. You know how big they could still possibly go, but. You know, really, like you got two guys that are winners. You know, Kippy, and you know that intangible from uh, you know with the New York Rangers winning it all. Uh, God, they've gone deep in the playoffs and uh, character guy, character guys as well. I mean, uh, O'Reilly, just the, the background, the story, the upbringing. You know, his his parents and bringing in all these different uh, different adopted type kids into the family and a great two way player. So just what they needed. I, I found it, boy. I was wondering what was going to happen about the center ice or wing position. So John Tavares moving to the wing. I mean, that that's really the winger that completes the top two lines because I was wondering how it was going to play out. Would it just be three deep center-wise and still had a bit of a void on the, the second-line wing? And 
I, if, I don't know if they're going to keep this way, but I imagine they will for a while. Then Noah Cherry, that's the perfect kind of guy because we're saying, you know, you got to upgrade your third or fourth mm-hmm. line and you're trying to think about those kind of players, and that's the perfect kind of guy for that. Yeah, no, certainly. So it is interesting that they went to the lines you mentioned. We talked a little bit about the fit for O'Reilly just being kind of thrust into a spot with Tavares and Marner, second power play. You know, how do you feel about him playing with Tavares, you know, two not the fastest guys, but two very smart sort of elite talents? You know, are they best separated? Does that make a line too slow when they're together? Or do you think they're just smart enough to figure it out? Well, I think they're smart enough to figure it out and, you know, also use the guy that's about as fast a guy as you got as the third member of that line. You know, just, uh, yeah. uh, you know, even even last night, Morgan Riley's play, dumping it in, dumping it in Mitch Marner, timing it that it, so it's not icing and turning it into a goal. I, I think, you know, we, we're making an assumption that John Tavares will move to the wing seamlessly. Um, don't know if that'll be the case or not. You know, uh, I got to say, certainly he did something very unselfish and team-oriented in, I mean, the guy's played center his whole life, was the number one overall pick, and, you know, um, making that particular kind of move. So I, I'm, I will say probably, Justin, a little bit of a work in progress, you know, in fairness to see, because everyone always just assumes everything is going to be cohesive and go great. have to say their first shift on Saturday, boy, the first two minutes was like, man, oh, man, is this the way it's going to be all the time? Well, it wasn't, but it was, it was just incredibly impressive from the get-go on Saturday. We're talking to Gord Stellick, former Leaf GM, Leaf Nation, pre- and post-game, always here on, the sport, uh, on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. So let's just say, hypothetically, they don't do anything on the blue line from here on in. Gord, are you okay with those assets, a first, a second, a third, or fourth, going into two forwards and prioritizing that over defense? Not thrilled. You get greedy. You want a little bit of everything. Um, I, you know, again, uh, I don't know what, like, the Hampus Lindholm type trade isn't, I mean, I guess Chickering's the equivalent, and, and that doesn't seem like it's something that the um, the Leafs will be able to entertain. I, I think, uh, Kippy, I, I, you know, the whole Jake Muzzin and the long-term salary save and, you know, how that works out, I'm not sure exactly what kind of money it frees up or not because there's always been an assumption that you can, the money from there can be used to get a, let's say Jake Muzzin equivalent, but just a, a steady, a steady D, a steady other piece, a steady depth piece. Because again, you're hoping to go deep. If you get eliminated in the first round, the the depth piece really doesn't matter as much. But the hope is you're going to go deep, so you'll need that. And you are there still is the kind of a bit of wing and a prayer about the goaltending. I've liked the goaltending, but you know, as far as compared to Vasilevsky or even you know what Boston's thrown together, uh, that. That is uh, kind of unproven on the Leafs side, playoff-wise, at least you know with the Leafs. I mean, Matt Murray, we know, has proven in the past uh, with Pittsburgh, but we don't know if he's even going to be healthy at all as far as the playoffs start. So I, I, I would like, I would, in a perfect world, Kippy, I, I would like one more piece on, on the blue line. So where is the line where, you know, all we've talked about is how this is a burn-the-boat situation. You're going for it all or nothing. And I think Kip and Sam would agree I'm the most bullish on the trade. I like it for the Leafs. I'm excited. But where, where, when is it too much here? Like, if they go out and do it again, like, you could spend assets forever here and say, okay, it's nice. It's the 2024 first. We're getting every piece we need. You know, what's the, the line here for you between responsibly going out and, and saying all or nothing and saying, okay, we, we said all or nothing, but it can't really be all. 
So maybe Kyle can dig back to his OHL roots and trade a 2036 first rounder, right? Like they do in the, (laughs) (laughs) well, they can't trade first rounders, but second rounders, you know? So, you know, Justin, like to your point, and again, it's a little bit about crying over spilt milk, which I, which I, I don't hesitate to do is that let's face it. The futures they've traded are comparable commensurate with a team that's gone to the Stanley cup final and they have it right. You know, it's one thing for the Tampa Bay lightning to do it, but the Toronto Maple Leafs have done that historically, whether it's Nick Foligno or others. And yeah, you know, you can't, you cannot make the cupboard completely bare. And it's funny that, you know, when a trade like that, this happens on the weekend and it's great to like the trade. And, and, and I still don't know why, why, why Kyle said I wouldn't trade a first round pick for an expiring contract. And then he did it. He didn't need to say it. I don't care. Do what you want to do. Maybe, maybe it's two expiring contracts. So maybe that's the difference, but you know, uh, and so all of a sudden it's all, oh, who cares? They're just futures. Like what is this Cliff Fletcher draft schmaft again from, you know, decades ago when, when he said that, because the other side is then when you're building for the future, you're talking about how important draft picks are and all that. So you can't, you know, you can't have it both ways, but it is understood. This is a year where you really have to, but to your point, uh, I, you, you, you can't just, you just can't give away the whole future. Just. Like, you know, that that's, that's a little bit different, but as far as, the other names to just try to get a little bit of a, you know, I'll, I'll use a Nick Foligno a couple of years ago, that kind of thing. No, no, you don't, you, you don't do that. You got, you got to. We, Sammy. We haven't got the official boink yet. Wow. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> How's that? That's good. <laughs> That's like, isn't that the price is right when you just lost all your cash? Yeah. We lost Gord Stellick. That's equivalent to cash on our show. It is. We lost all of our Gord Stellick. Sammy's been on a bad run this month. <laughs> Poor Sammy. I I will not stand for this. I will not stand for this. <laughs> Sammy, that, I don't know, know what I can do. Know, I, uh, <laughs> we're calling that the Gord Stellick right there. <laughs> I think it's Sammy's game plan to drop more guests. More airtime for him? Yeah, like, okay, finally they're going to say, okay, get him out of that side of the glass. Yeah. Just stick him on the desk. <laughs> he can't produce, this guy. He can't produce, <laughs> right? Can't make he's, phone calls. He's sending guests five-minute right. uh, prepaid airtime cards uh, so they run out halfway through. You're on the space shuttle? Yeah, just call in. <laughs> sure, yeah. All right, looks like he's got him back on the horn there. All right. He's back. We got no him. cell towers by the dog pound, eh, Gord? <laughs> What? You know, I, I pay the electricity bill. I don't pay the phone bill. I guess I gotta <laughs> gotta figure that one out. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, in my in my dissertation, I was basically saying, yeah, you can't you can't sell. You cannot completely mortgage the future at all. You still have to. You know, there still has to be some accountability and responsibility that way. There we go. Uh, it, as far as Matthew Nyes, is it pretty much a, a given that you were able to make this trade without giving him up? Therefore. There was never an intention to move him, and he is very much slotted into uh, the roster once he finishes his duties uh, in Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, it looks like it, and I, I'm excited about Matthew Nice. But is he Connor McDavid? Like, I mean, like, she's like, uh, like, <laughs> okay, like seriously, he sounds like a blue chip prospect, which is great. But we've been through this before, you know, that it doesn't necessarily always turn out. But if you can make trades and not give up a first-round pick, and or not give up a top prospect, that's great. So, um, you know, from what we understand, 
This guy is a, a, a quality blue chip prospect, so that's great that they haven't given him up. But I don't. I, I mean, again, uh, I don't know what other piece. It would have to be something big to involve something like that. But also, I, I hope I hope Matthew Nyes is as advertised because they've traded away so many picks. They've they've got a guy got to have guys coming in that they're developing from within. Yeah, no doubt about that. It, it, what's going to be interesting is like the spots they need guys to fill now are prim- primarily at the bottom of the the forward group. What what are your thoughts on, you know, old Pontus Holmberg had an unbelievable run here, and they're like, yeah, throw him to the side. Uh, Bobby McMahon's got 13 goals in his last 13 games in the minors. Zach Aston Reese hanging on. Like, what does Nola Chari and Ryan O'Reilly do to the bottom of the Leafs order? Yeah, so, you know, your point there, Justin, because the excitement about um, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander all coming at once. I mean, Nylander developed a bit with the Marlies, as you know, was also just in a short period of time, and names you weren't really expecting came out of the Marlies, like especially Zach Hyman, Connor Brown, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen. Like, there, there all of a sudden was a supporting cast that was a real pleasant surprise, and, and all of them uh, are gone mainly because of cap reasons. So, ever since then, have been trying to get that kind of third and fourth line depth that they had a few years ago. So it still seems like it's a work in progress. And you're right, there just seems to be glimmers of different players that impress and then don't impress. And obviously the the simple thing here is two players move to lesser lines, two players move to the press box, and two players move to the Toronto Marlies to make room for two forwards coming from St. Louis. And, yeah, just simply O'Reilly makes your top six better. And Achari makes your bottom six better, but it's it's. I, I, I guess I'm going back a bit when I think of Berg, Zezel, Osborne. I know that's a long time ago, but just you'd like to have something set in stone a little bit more, like you know, that kind of line that you're not continually trying them in game number seventy. And it just seems, to your point, that they're they they, they get on a uh, well, not quite a Jack Hughes heater, and then all of a sudden um, they're out of the mix. You're a general manager for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Last night, you, you make this significant trade, and I, I, I heard the post-game comments, a few of the comments about being tired or not being ready, yada, yada, yada. You have Matthews, Nylander, Marner, O'Reilly, Tavares, Morgan Riley in your lineup, and the two best players on the ice last night were Pat Kane and Max Domi. Uh, like, would that not have pissed Kyle off just a tad yeah, it should. It should. Like, you know, what is it we in the media now talk about back-to-back? Oh, the Leafs back-to-back days. Well, why don't they forfeit the games then? Like, what are we, like, can, can you give me a break about, you know, just that, these these built-in excuses? And, and you know, they're, they're one, you know, and the, the better part is don't do it at home, okay? That's the big thing, okay? Like, don't do what you did a, a week ago Saturday with Columbus at home. If you're going to suck, do it on the road. But the other part is, yeah, like details, details, details. There's got to be there's got to be a better commitment uh, with these weaker teams, which they have a pretty ordinary record about. So I know what's going to happen from time to time. We all know that you're not going to get 82 gems, but yeah, you know, you got that trade, you got that energy, you got that vibe. You had it on Saturday. You should have had it Sunday. We know Chicago has been a team. What they got shut out by Montreal a couple of days ago. You know, good on good on Patty Kane showing everybody if they're wondering about his health and his skill and that that he's actually at a pretty good place whatever his next destination may be. But yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like these little, little things because these are the kind of habits that, you know, creep in again when you're in the first round of the Stanley cup playoffs and 
you win you like that Montreal series. You, you can't close out games that you should be able to close out. You know, we haven't really touched a whole ton on the games from the weekend, obviously with the big news here, but uh, Ilya Samsonov plays and plays, uh, I'll just say poorly, uh, in, you know, on Saturday night. Murray's still not playing, I mean, still not a part of it here. Have things changed for you, like, towards the deadline? Like, do they need a goalie? Are you more worried than you were, you know, a month ago? I'm, I, I was worried the start of the year. I'm not more worried than a month ago. It's still a bit of the show me. I will tell you one thing on Saturday, Justin, that uh, I, I, I've liked what I've seen of Joe Wall. And Joe Wall is up this time, you know, based on merit, not by default, you know. And, and again, you go back to Matt Murray all those years ago with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he's a guy that came up big, was playing great in Wilkes-Barre, and came up big. It wasn't the ideal situation that he had to play so many playoff games. But he did it. Jordan Bennington did it a couple of years ago. They honored Cam Ward in Carolina. He did it all those decades ago. And so I've liked that particular piece, adding the depth. But no, the goaltending continues to be a little bit of show me. And they've certainly showed so far in the regular season that when healthy, um, they deserve the confidence. I mean, I don't know who else is out there. You're not going to getting David Riddick again isn't the answer. Uh, they're not, they're not going to trade Vasilevsky or anything like that. So outside of that, like, I'm okay with the goaltending. I, I wish it was like the days of Ed Balfour and Curtis Joseph where you had six years that the Leafs started the playoffs and you said, you know what, uh, we, the Leafs, are not going to get out goaltended by anybody. You're not able to say that. Did Kane last night make a statement to everybody that yeah, that um, I'm in play and you, everybody's kind of forgotten about me and uh, I'm – Oh, by the way, I've got three Stanley Cups and considered one of the best Chicago Blackhawks in history. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, very quietly whether he says it. I mean, he's got three Stanley Cups, but he's got to be pissed off for a while. Pissed off the direction it happened. With a sudden, you know, they get Seth Jones and it looks like they're going to get one more kick at it. Then all of a sudden they do a complete, complete retool on the fly. Even a number three over pick, overall pick Kirby Dock, which you think would be part if you're doing a retool, is one of the guys sent elsewhere. So I, I think I think on and on it hasn't it hasn't been a fun time for him in Chicago and you know you, you didn't see this happening he's been a good soldier and uh, uh, again the Ranger thing I loved his candor uh, about it so I think whether it's the Chicago wouldn't meet the price or the Rangers flat out preferred Tarasenko has pissed him off even more so I, I think he that's kind of where he went out and and made a statement that there's still there's still a lot left in Patty Kane. Yeah, it's uh, he's he's certainly one of the more interesting names out there, but he ain't going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf at this point. Um, so, you know, trade grade overall here, Gord. Well, last one for me is just what what do you think here? Is it a win or a loss for Leafs Nation? <laughs> well, whatever. Okay, it'll it'll uh, when when they win a playoff round, it'll be a win. Right all now, right, but, I'll, all right. I'll, 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 but right now, I'll give it a win. I'll give it a win. They had to they had to do something. I wasn't sure which direction. Kyle was going to go, but I really like those pieces where, you know, you think of Nick Foligno a couple of years ago, there were questions. And of course he wasn't a hundred percent in that, but you, you had hope, right? In this case, uh, I like, I, I like these pieces and I like the winning, the playoff experience pedigree. All right, Stella Tricity, we're going to let you go. Thanks for doing this, pal. Enjoy the rest okay. of your family day. I will. I'm just going to mail my phone bill in. You guys have a good one. <laughs> Thanks. George Stella. <laughs> Pre and post game. On the Fan 590, Leaf Nation. You know, um, Kyle was asked if he would have made this trade 
if he had an extension. Like, this is a full Dubas, would you do this? I think it was maybe Kevin McGrann or what? It was Kevin McGrann that asked him, which is a great question. It's a, it's a good question. You, you're I only going to get yeah, one but answer. You, but You know the answer. Why, but, why is okay, it a so, great question? So, okay, there's different types of things that you do in this world where it's self-serving and serving to the public, answering, asking a question that you know the answer to but needs to be asked. So you can have a quote to put in print? Yep. Like okay, it, let's hear his answer. Yeah. I operate the same way. I understand that that's a topic, but I, as I've discussed before, and uh, I would operate the same way regardless of what my status was and just in doing what's right for the organization and the team. Way to go. And so that's thus the, the ongoing distraction. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Right. We're talking about a thing we don't need to be talking about. Exciting trade. I, I got to tell you, this seems like a guy making a trade that knows his contract's done. Doesn't it? I, I said burn the boats. When I, it feels like a burn yeah. the boats trade. <laughs> oh, no. This is go big or go home time. Yeah. You feels- don't get two cracks at uh, a Nick Foligno first and a fourth and a first, second, third, and fourth and yeah. not have anything to show for it two years. You, This is it. But don't you kind of feel like he, is that, too? that he knows both either way? Yeah, he knows it. Like he knows, sure. but no, no, but like if he knows, even if they get past the first round, maybe he knows he's gone. Uh, that's, I, I think, think it's highly knew. unlikely. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, I think a first round could save him an opportunity to get <laughs> a, a first round. This is yeah, this is, your, this is your bar. <laughs> this is your bar I'm speaking of. <laughs> that there might. It's there, a collective bar. Yes. And again. We'd have to see how much fight they have in the second round. Like, in all honesty, you could build up a great first round win and then... Do what the Florida did against Tampa Bay. Just go to war with Tampa. If you lose four bad games to the Boston Bruins in the second round and get swept, are you really... Are you really excited about the it's thought that point. this that this team was built right? No, that's a great point. Um, it was Florida who lost in the second round to Tampa Bay before they traded Huberto and Weaker. Yeah, they struggled with they, they struggled with the Caps in the first round. And but they went to six or seven. The they did. The Caps are pretty good, and so still they came out of that like we're not good so, enough. I, it really for me it it all boils down to Brendan Shanahan and how much faith he has in Kyle Dubas. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know what? Uh, Brendan can sell it one way or another, I, I think, to the board. I would just be, I don't know. Like, I have a really hard time seeing the Leafs get blown out in either of these series. Yeah. They always play both, like, Tampa and they're Boston. Team, man. They, I know, but they, but they play those two yeah, teams. Yeah, they are a good team. I know, and they're better now, they're and, they, and they play those teams tight but they, all the time. They just find ways to leak oil a little yeah. bit. It's a mistake here. It's a mistake there. You know what strikes me as we're talking about this is like if they win that first round, even if they get swept the next round, it's like two extra weeks of hockey entertainment, right? (laughs) They're going to say content. Well, because it's like four (laughs) days, five days to the next series. Then you get the games. Then you get the post. Now we're we're up to like... 10,000 YouTube watchers. <laughs> yeah. Sammy's a celebrity. You know, like, give us, give Sammy's some getting, juice. He's getting free stuff from uh, <laughs> uh, Titleist and what? Taylor May. Oh, yeah. I am? Is oh, that happening? Yeah. Leafs go to the second round, bud. You're getting free oh, stuff. Oh, my God. Why would you say that? We're going to be on location doing the show. <laughs> that's the only time I get free stuff. It's yeah. hinge. Yes. That's hinges yet, O'Reilly's success. Yet here. another thing <laughs> that hinges on the success of this goddamn hockey team. <laughs> okay, one more like, before we oh, go. Oh. One, one more before we go to break. And this is Pat Kane. Please and wait. what he was able to do last <laughs> night and the, way, the, the look that he had. Yeah. Mm. Now, 
I'm going to set aside whether or not he was interested in Toronto or Toronto was on a list. We mm-hmm. know uh, the report came out from um, uh, Carlos uh, that said that only two teams that he would go to, and he kind of he kind of put water on that a little bit uh, yeah. yesterday. Let's set that aside for a second. Okay. If you thought you were getting Pat Kane from last night, mm-hmm. would you have thought of him as a better addition to the Leafs' top six than Ryan O'Reilly? So I don't, Sexier, no doubt. I don't want to be this guy where it's like, you know. I'm, what if? Well, no, 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 no. It's not that. It's that I don't. I, I don't think that. And I don't want to be like, it's the Leafs who, you know, the Leafs made the trade, so I'm behind it. Whoever it is, like. I genuinely would have preferred Ryan O'Reilly to Kane. Face-offs, penalty kill, exactly. leadership. Uh, yeah, center depth, D-zone. High IQ. You know, playoff, the type of guy the Leafs lack, okay. the type of need the Leafs had. All right. so, but, boy, watching Kane shoot three I, in the net, it's always like, oh, right, I feel, Kane. I feel a little vindicated because, you know, I've wanted Patrick Kane and the Leafs. been talking about this for, feel like, a year and a half. We've been mentioning this, and everyone says he's washed up and done, and it's like you see him in a game with – a little bit of motivation, and he lights it up. He could have had five goals in that game. He was yeah. the best player on the ice on both teams. I, I still think there's a possibility he goes nowhere, and it may have to do with the fact that just no option. There's just it's just too hard. There's just not enough teams. Ten five play. is just ten five is just such a huge and, number. Even double know. retention, you're at three. So, you know, whatever I, it is, two point five. I'm just praying for whatever. myself and my beloved Leaf Nation that if he. Like the ideal scenario is go nowhere because if he somehow, you know, Tampa with their fake salary cap and, you know, they have different rules <laughs> down know. there and they Carolina figured that out, is the team to me. Carolina, Boston, one of these Eastern conference teams that figures it out and puts him on there. He'd have to really put himself out there to say, I'll For go sure. anywhere. And I think, I think Brind- you're right. Rod Brindamore want Pat Kane. Is that what he feels they're lacking? You know, knowing the type of player he is and the what thing he is with prioritizes Pat Kane is that, you are, you really forced to put him in a position to succeed. Yeah. And that that's has a ripple effect on chemistry and what yeah. you already yeah. have going for you. And you don't necessarily want to mess with that. Yeah. And like Ryan O'Reilly has the good pro factor, you know, where you feel like if, you know, if he doesn't score, it's okay. Yeah. You like what else he does. Yep. For Kane, if he doesn't score, what's he yeah. doing? And, and you mentioned Tampa Bay. It's like Kucherov owns that spot. The one that he wants, I think, oh, on the on power the flank. Play. Yeah, yeah, good right? point. So and tough it's like, for them. Mm, you know, you got to kind of share a little bit. You're the two flank guy. Come off at 45 seconds. Yeah, we need to get the good player back on, Pat. Yeah. Listen. Oh, can you imagine? Just please not Tampa. I. You want Tampa to make no trades from here on in. If Tampa Bay... I think you want Tampa to get... If Tampa... Yeah, when he scores six goals in seven games against the Leafs and everyone's like, wow, they should have traded for him. That'd be fun. It'd be Hall and Felino 2.0. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Jamal Mayers is going to join us, former NHL forward, Sportsnet hockey analyst, and uh, someone that knows the Blues really well. We'll uh, we'll talk about Ryan O'Reilly's legacy in St. Louis and what his future lies in Toronto, short or long-term. Jamal... After the break, you're watching and listening. And hey, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Real Kipper Inborn, back after these words. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Jamal Mayers. Gonna oh, see how fast Sammy is. See, I insult him a little bit, and You're now he's on, him. on his That's what best they call it, tightening. behavior. Jamal, how are you, pal? I'm doing well. How are you? We're good. You know how it is here in Leaf Nation, and uh, you know, map out the parade, man. <laughs> what do you think? Give us your thoughts on it when you first heard about it. Well, I I like it for obviously two reasons. I think that um, first of all, Ryan O'Reilly hasn't had a great year, but he has a, a winning pedigree and obviously was a captain for a reason. I think that he'll take whatever role is given to him and, and certainly wants to extend his career and set himself up well for unrestricted free agency at the end of the year and a, an opportunity to win uh, with a team that's poised to do so. And then you think about Noel Achari and what he's able to do comes from a winning pedigree and, and a right-hand shot plays center. Um, it makes them tougher to play against. It makes them deeper. Uh, I'm a little perplexed. I don't want to digress, but I'm a little per- per- perplexed why they're choosing to move Tavares, who's arguably one of the best centermen in his generation, to the wing. The, bringing in O'Reilly and Achari, doesn't that give you four amazing centermen down the middle? Like, doesn't it make you better to move O'Reilly to the three-hole? You're not going to hurt his feelings. And and why would you disrupt the top six that were rolling all season long? I, I don't understand that part. Well, we've been on enough teams where we know sometimes – and I'm not suggesting that this is the case here, but we've been involved with teams where egos can come into play. Would would Tavares be slighted at all that he lost his second line spot to to move over to a position that he's not overly maybe uh, you know comfortable or used to all these years? Thousand percent, and and I think that. I don't, I don't think we should characterize it as him being selfish or being his feelings are hurt or anything of that nature. He has proven over time he is an amazing centerman who can do a lot of things from the centerman's position. I would argue that um, O'Reilly is very similar to Tavares in the sense that they're not blazing fast, but they're unbelievably gifted below the hash mark and can finish around the net and can create, um, it wouldn't be my inclination to play them together. I think Jan Kroak has done an amazing job with the, with that group. And he, if anyone's upset, it probably is him because he's like, why am I being demoted? I have more points than this guy. And, and you know, at the end of the day, I get it. You want to make sure he feels wanted and, and feels welcome. But knowing – Knowing O'Reilly, I think he'd be fine being this third-line center on a winning team in a winning environment. So I would be surprised if they don't go to that a little bit sooner than we think. So, Jammer, tell us about Ryan O'Reilly's season to date. You mentioned it's a little bit of a down year. You know, he's a 50-, 60-point guy the last couple seasons this year, um, you know, on pace for 20 goals and 30-some points. What's happened? Have there been injuries? Has something gone on? Tell us about his season that uh, has brought him to this point. Yeah, they, they, they've had a really difficult time finding someone that complements his skill set. I think that he had great chemistry with David Perron, who moved on to the Red Wings. Um, both of them like to play the wall game below the hash marks and give and go and around the net, and that's what their forte was. 
and certainly had a lot of success in, in staying connected and doing those things. I think it's been tough for uh, Chief to find a line mate that complements O'Reilly's skill set. Uh, he doesn't skate the best, so he's not going to create too much off the rush. He likes to play the, the down-low game, and he has to have someone that wants to play off of him and, and play that little soft pick game and, and get to the net and, and little, little, dinky little passes, give and goes that he does so well. I think they've tried so many different forwards there and, in my opinion, tried to force-feed it where I think that the team had transitioned toward Cairo and Thomas a little bit, and maybe it was perhaps time for him to take lesser of a role and he wasn't producing, and I think they stuck with it because they have so much respect for him as a person. Um, but like all of us, we get a little bit older and things change, and it, it's time to take a different role. And I think that that's where he is in his career, but he's still an effective player. But I don't see him in a top six role. And I, I apologize if he's upset for me saying that, but I think that he's a, he's a power play guy. On a winning team, he's a, an amazing third-line center that, that gives a team a chance to win. Jammer, how bothered would he be with a minus 24 and he goes into Chicago, I think he ends up dash two as well. For a guy that's got, again, this pedigree of being this great 200-foot guy, where's the explanation on, on, on that type of number? It's not good. I think that uh, when you're not creating five on five, I think that last year the Blues kind of, you're getting a better picture of where they are, and I think Army understands that and is doing the things to get them, you know, retooled as quickly as possible. But let's be honest, they had nine guys have 20 or more goals. That's not happening again. I don't know if there's another team that's done that this year, but a lot of players overachieved. And and so it kind of hit. And then their power play and penalty kill were in the top five of the league in both categories. So it, it hit a lot of their errors and, and deficiencies five-on-five five defending. I think that there, a lot of it can't just be on him. They didn't get great goaltending. Um, their D is not as good as it has been in years past, certainly not what it was in 2019 when they won. And so as a forward, some of that's going to lean on you and, and you're going to have to pay the price because you're going to get scored on five on five and you're not creating enough five on five. So I think a combination of a number of things, I wouldn't say his, his game has fallen off that much. I think there's still a lot there. And I am excited for him to see what he can do with, you know, a few more, um, you know, a more talented roster. And he's going to get better matchups if he does end up being in that three hole. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good thing for him. And as you mentioned, heading towards UFA, that's part of what he would be looking for. And so I, I wanted to get more on him. You would know him a little bit being around St. Louis. What do you think he would want after this season? I don't necessarily mean dollars, but I'd be happy to hear that too. But like what, you know, what, what are the priorities for a guy like Ryan O'Reilly at this point in his career? I think it's to extend his career. And he, I think he still believes, and I still think he does have a lot to offer. I think that he's a guy who, who, is a great example for younger players as far as his preparation, the way that he shows up to the rink and just his habits. I think that that'll be just, uh, you know, experienced by osmosis for younger people to be around and see another guy who's just, uh, you know, we've all been around guys like that, right. That are just, just take their craft so seriously and in preparation and thing. I think that we all, as players kind of, Oh, wow. I'm going to take a little bit of what he does. I like the way he does that and, and kind of, 
you know, make it a part of your own game. And I think that there'd be a lot of young guys that are going to watch him and, and, and try to emulate some of the things that he does. Um, he's a professional. And I think that he's, he's won a cup. He's won the con Smythe. There's a, ho- a lot of hockey left in him. I think that as you do get older, as you get past 30, I was lucky enough to play to 38. You've got to stay quick. So you have to give up some strength, in my opinion, to stay fast. And I started to train more like a, like a track athlete so that even when I retired, you know, my hands were never there, but at least I could still skate. <laughs> the wheels, baby. Um, you got to have the wheels. Uh, we're joined with uh, Jamal Mayer's uh, Sportsnet hockey analyst, former National Hockey League forward. Uh, Jammer, in terms of uh, priorities, uh, they went with two forwards, giving up uh, the depth on uh, on on draft picks uh would that have been your first choice in a perfect world well let's be honest they're they're coming to the end right they're in the end of it sounds silly that the when i say the end i think their window is is closing which is it's it's just inevitable because you have to win with really good players on on their entry-level contracts that's just an, and then when you win and you have success you lose those players it's so much harder to keep your team together so I think that the time is against them, and I think they recognize that the time is now and the team. I think it's a reward. I think that's what happens, right, you, is you play really well as they had all season long, and the organization rewards you as a group to say, hey, listen, we believe in this group. We're going to give you guys a little bit of a nudge, a push. Um, I think they've had some younger D step up and, and really outperform and push other guys, and perhaps their need to go out and get a – Depth D is as lessened. I'd still like them to do something, to be honest. Just it's nice to have a couple extra guys that, that have experience and can help in the room, uh, assuming you go on a long run. So uh but I like I like their team. I think they this the time is now for this group. So it's an exciting time to be a Leaf fan. It's crazy that the Blues have pulled the plug. I don't want to say pull the plug on a season, but you know, they're not fully out of the playoffs. I guess it's pretty pretty long shot now. You know, sending Achari is a, a piece for the Leafs we're, we're really happy to get. Um, you know, what, what can Leafs fans expect to see? Does he fight? Does he – what can we anticipate uh, he'll bring to the Leafs? No, he's, he, he's, he doesn't have to fight. He, no. plays a, he plays a hard game. He plays a predictable game. He's a straight-line guy. He's going to manage the puck well. He's going to uh, go to the front of the net. He's going to finish his checks. He's going to win face-offs. He's – He's everything you want a bottom six guy to be, and he plays with enough pace um, to keep you know to keep the game going and to keep make sure that you're playing at a high tempo and and understands his role. And I think that there's very few guys that really understand their role because uh, everybody wants to come in and be what they were in college or junior. The nice thing about Achari, I think the biggest asset he has is that he knows what he is and who he is as a player and and he perfects it night after night, and you're going to get a consistent effort from him. And and that's something that I think that Sheldon Keefe and his staff will will come to, and I know Chief did, really admire about his game. As far as the St. Louis, uh, Louis Blues, you know that market well uh, being down there. Uh, it doesn't appear to me like uh, this is a, an organization or Doug Armstrong's got uh, a city that would welcome you know, going away for the next three or four years while they recoup? No, no, I don't think that that, I think that most of the fan base is a little surprised at, at the regression. 
And I think I kind of pointed to two reasons perhaps why that happened. But this is probably where they are. I think sometimes it's a good thing. That's my hope, uh, As you know, is that these things force you to make decisions and changes in your, in your lineup versus making the playoffs and kind of skipping by and then you don't really change things. I think it's, uh, it's going to force them to reevaluate their back end. It's going to force them to evaluate some of the things they're doing up front. Um, one guy that I think would really be a huge loss, and it looks like they may not be able to sign him, is, is Barbashev. I think that he's a guy in a winning team that many teams probably are and should be coveting. And it'll be interesting to see what happens to him. I'd like to see him stay, but uh, time will tell. Uh, but you know what? Army, uh, he's been around for a long time and knows this team extremely well. And I have every confidence that uh, he'll get this group back on track here. Uh, maybe two years, maybe three years, but I think that they'll be back contending uh, very shortly. Is there another big name in, say, Colton Pareko? Because you're starting to hear that name out there a little bit more with this kind of mini fire sale yeah i think honestly i would be shocked if he is not on the list of available players i think he's had a a down year um whether or not this is actually who he is as a player or if it's more what he was a couple years ago i think they're figuring that out but I, i believe he has what seven or eight years left or he's entering into his new contract here so uh maybe a little bit more difficult because it'll be a pure hockey trade to to move him but um, you know, it, it's funny. There's always people here in St. Louis that want him to be Chris Pronger and have a little bit more edge to his game. And he's the nicest guy you could ever meet. Uh, it's just not who he is. And I think that um, as a fan base and perhaps as an organization, they've wanted him to show glimpses of that of that meanness uh, in, in relative terms to today's game. And perhaps that's just not who he is. But he does bring a lot of assets to the table as far as how he can skate and play in all all situations maybe perhaps he was hidden and insulated behind uh Bo Meester and Petrangelo and and really isn't the guy to be able to carry the uh, top two minutes well we'll just have to wait and see it's uh closing in fast this March uh trade deadline uh Jamal thanks for doing this man really appreciate it I uh, appreciate it guys thanks thanks Jammer all right um Pareko turns so, 30 he's, 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 yeah let's go ahead and that contract's in, until 2030. Oh, wow. <laughs> At what, six and a half? Six and a half, yeah. 2030. 2030. So See, if you want seven he, years, he, six he, and a half he, million. He, he would be very intriguing, but that's just, it's too much. And the man has had back issues. And I hopefully it's all cleared up and yeah. it's a non-issue, but... Uh, People are sniffing around Tory Krug too. Like I've always been a big Tory Krug fan. Watching him, big fan. He uh, with the Boston Bruins. He gave me nightmares on the Bruins. Yeah, he with good reason. Would he, he just, just explode with a that, big hit? It was in the, uh, the that was in the final yeah. against the Blues. Remember, he got his yes. bucket knocked off, and he was so pissed off. He, he came flying down with no hair flying everywhere. It was, he's a good player. He is. Um, what's interesting, you know, Doug Armstrong to me is one of the best GMs in the NHL. Uh, I've always been impressed with his work, his willingness to trade, say, Stastny while the team's in the hunt, Shattenkirk while the team's in the hunt, to recognize what his team is at this year and pull the plug. You easily could have said, we want to cup with these guys. Ryan O'Reilly is our captain. We need to add. We need to do what the Islanders are doing, which is going all in on a team that's probably just not good enough. And now, and listen, and they've, they've stockpiled here. The oh, Blues. they got picks. Picks. Three firsts this, Three firsts. this year. 
And they're not going to have a fire sale, I don't think, on Braden Shen or Busnevich or Kairou, Thomas. Like, we had him on the show, what, a month ago? Jammer? No. Who? Doug Armstrong. Oh, yeah. We did. Right? Yes. And what did he say? I remember. I, I can. <laughs> I, I can. Who's got the concussions? <laughs> I killed some brain cells. Uh, cells yeah, too, yeah, pal. yeah. That's right. <laughs> time for you to plug your book now. <laughs> Down and back in stores now. <laughs> uh, but he's. That's that's the core group now. Yeah. Yeah. And he mentioned that Kairou and Thomas in that interview, which I do remember. Um, you know, we're. You know, teams would tank to get those guys. I remember him saying he's that high on them. So he knows what he has, and it's not a full rebuild as much as uh, the yeah. new cool term, the retool. They've got, yeah, they've got three firsts this year, two thirds, and then two sec- Like They they could take those assets, turn them into players immediately if they feel like they want to turn things around. I, I've i always just liked the Blues. I don't know. They're just something Likeable about them. Likeable franchise. Likeable franchise, Make great jerseys, all always competitive teams, yeah. good players. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on Doug Armstrong. Well, he was picked to run Team Canada. So That's they obviously think he's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, yeah. All right. Let's uh, – I think we touched a little bit on, on Pat Kane here. But overall, Sammy, I, I know that, that loss last night really pissed you off. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, too I, much. Relax. I, I got – I've taken a beating on this weekend on Twitter and <laughs> amongst my friends and everything. Everyone you called made Mr. a hard pivot. Mr. Negative, and it's like, yeah. God, I'm like, I don't want to be like this. But I thought they paid too much for Ryan O'Reilly. Still love Ryan – two things can be true, as my good friend J.D. Bunkus likes to th- say. Two things can be true. I like Ryan O'Reilly, thought they paid too much. Secondly, I hated that game last night. Like, and for all the reasons that Gord said when you guys talked about it, it was like, yeah, you know, like – you can be tired and still win a hockey game. Like you know, it's two two nights in a row. It's the worst team in the league. You need points. Tampa's sniffing down your neck. You just had this kick in the butt trade. You should probably win that hockey game. You're gonna hate and what the, I have to say. The, the other thing too <laughs> oh, it doesn't is, matter. It doesn't matter. Huh? It was kind of well documented that Samsonov's not a hundred percent. Yeah, and he documented it. Do, do we have a? Do, did he go on record? Yeah. Saying that, well, uh, I didn't cut the clip because he swears, and I don't want to put that through. And it doesn't. It doesn't you know have our show. I know, but I don't want to make. <laughs> new? I don't want to make Derek play the clip and have it swear, and then we got to talk about it. So I just. I think it doesn't. It does. Seems like an executive decision. I did make that. that we I, involved, the executive. Hey. I, I am. After all, it's hard to re- remember sometimes. I am the producer of this show, so I made the executive decision. So and it a bad one by that. I, it, by that. it just doesn't sound as good when it's like, oh, I spent all day on the beep. Doesn't sound as good. So he went to the poop machine no, a lot. Derek's a professional. <laughs> he would have made it sound fantastic. <laughs> All right. Anyways, he was pooping all day. So why he had the did trots. he play? Why did he play? I completely agree. It's the Chicago Blackhawks. I couldn't he agree just more. just got Ryan O'Reilly. Huge <laughs> got Achari on the fourth line now. Come on. And do you not want to reward Eric Schalgren for what he did for the team for the start of the year? He, I mean, he kept this team afloot to start the season. Joe Wall gets a and game. Give throw Shawley another, another Samsonov, game. Samsonov, I get it, but... He didn't look good. Oh, he looked awful. In fact, I thought he was shaky. I thought he was he's squirrely from the squirrely, start. Yeah. He spun around. Did you think he looked he's crappy? behind. <laughs> looked a little poopy in like, there. <laughs> you just, and that's just another one for your mindset that would bother would bother him because there's, you, you can't underestimate the pressure. Like he's not a stupid kid, Samsonov. He knows the 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 two time Stanley Cup champion that's supposed to be 
1 and 1A with you is nowhere to be found with his high ankle sprain. Oh, good luck getting over that this year as a goalie. High ankle sprain. He knows he's it. Don't tell me it's not wearing on him right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it makes no sense because they're so careful with everyone and they want to give everyone all the time in the world to get better and then to chuck in a guy who's not feeling good. Doesn't, don't, like, AHL goalies play two nights in a row a lot? Yeah. So Why don't, why, like, Wall was, I was, Wall was really yeah. good on Saturday night. I mean, I wouldn't say maybe really good is steep. Put him back in. He was fine. Yeah. And put he didn't, him back it in. wasn't and high sure stress. Go back in. It wasn't I mean, a high stress night. No. Just put him right back in. Why not? But what I was going to say about the game when I said you're going to hate what I have to say about it. It doesn't um, matter. Expected goals. Oh. Um, no, but, but they had the puck the whole night. The game didn't go their way. Pat Kane shot one off his back. You know, they the, the goalie's sick and doesn't play overly well. But they had the puck in Chicago's end the whole night. It was everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for them. Can we listen to Sheldon Keefe, though? And I know you're not going to agree with my take that they, they put in a good effort. But let's just have a uh, Keefe on being tired. Well, there's some things that, you know, some things that we did. You know, when you're tired, you got to be really smart and, and structured and all of that. And some of the, the clean looks we gave up tonight are the result of just not being smart. I mean, the, the game-winning goal comes off of a four-man rush. And that ends up being a man rush the other way. It's something that we talked about this morning because a very similar play happened yesterday. Came back to, to hurt us again tonight. Um, so those kind of mistakes you, you continue to look at, but... In terms of the energy and the execution of the group, we knew this was going to be a tough one today. Okay, so like you just heard the man saying, "We're we're dumb. We get a four man rush. The game's tied. We're going late now. Yep. Where's Brody going? Where is where, Camp? He's coming off the wing. Like, what are you, are you going to go score the game winning goal right I now? I text you guys those extremely leafy moment. That was a depressing moment for me. Three three. You don't have, you're the better team. You stick with it like the early season and it'll come and they force it. They get obsessed with offense. Like, Oh, we're close. We're close. We're close. We hit a post. And then you forget about the other way. It was so bad. So bad. That was the dumbest. That fourth so, goal. I don't was care the about your dumbest. stats. Then I don't care if you're just, if, if the game, when it matters most and you're dumb, what do I care about 99% of the stats that are telling me that you're great in these moments, but well, not you, great in this moment. In theory, you do it enough. It, it should uh, <laughs> work out in their favor. <laughs> Those glasses <laughs> are really suited. <laughs> you know, like there's a, it should go better, but yeah, you're right. And, Trying to eliminate that catastrophic mistake is going to be key for them in the playoffs, and we know how yes. Tampa can expose them. So we did the one. we did the bottom. Remember how it was like the bottom eight, the record against. Yeah, we're upgrading it to the bottom five now. Oof. Uh, bottom five teams, the record uh, this season. The Bruins, they have played nine games against them. They have won eight of them. The Lightning have played nine. They've won seven of them. The Leafs have played uh, ten, and they've won four of them. Against bottom five teams. Yeah. They've lost. Okay, what yeah. is going that on? That ain't pretty, there? boys. I'm what? sorry. Like, that's, no. that's lost to each wasted of the bottom points. Eight teams in the league. Why? Because they're just not mentally strong enough to, to just be pros and play when you're supposed to play well? I don't know. I bet this is the stuff that keeps Sheldon Keefe up at night. 
Absolutely. And a few does. psychiatrists. Yeah. I imagine part of the reason you get Ryan O'Reilly in is just another guy who's a pro, who does it the right way. Yada, yada, yada. But then they they treated him to immediately to the the house tour of the the, the haunted house. It's, like, it's so true. Like, it was like, yeah, like, while you're here, we're going to show you exactly what we are. We're going to route yeah. a team one night, and then we're going to show you yeah. what else we can be. The basement, yeah. it's still dirt floor. We're working on it. Jeez. You want to feel comfortable? Just take a minus two tonight. Yeah. He'll fit right in. Listen, he, he was no good against the Blackhawks. He was good on. He was good in the first game. Yeah, he There's was. Still, lots of stuff in that ozone that I like. Where he, I actually, as much as I'm with you that Tavares and Marner probably not the right line, they make so many little cheeky plays and little one touches to one another. Like it, they're it's fun to watch. And I will say, uh, this is something that Kipper's really going to care about. But I have been pro he looks great in the Leafs jersey. I've, oh. I've been pro Bieber. He does look great in the Leafs jersey. He's got great hockey style. I've been pro Bieber jersey. I hate that Burn jersey. It. Burn it. I it's time. It's time. Burn it. To go. Never like again. Watching uh, an open Roller practice. League. And like my eyes are getting worse, so I gotta go get my eyes checked again to get th- thicker Last contacts. Time you went, didn't they let you not that drive is, home because yeah. they were that, so bad? No, no, I've been there twice since then. There's nothing that says less to me. The Toronto Maple Leafs than that jersey last night. I like in the, Chicago. I liked it when it first came out. Something new, but you can't really tell. I I'm so sorry for Bonesy and Ralphie and uh, you know CC and Samer that have to call the games. Because how the hell do you read those numbers from the press box? It's Meanwhile, impossible. The reverse retros that are the most, literally the nicest jersey they've ever worn have I just been s- sent to dust. So the guy not to discuss jerseys. I know you're not. And I'm <laughs> telling you, I hate them. They're awful. Well, awful. It's time. That's it's the time. End of it. It's got to be. Okay. I think it's time. Is that the last time they're going to use them? I, I will say right now that I will put within, I'll put in a couple calls and say they'll never wear them again. Nice work, Sam. And uh, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly, great hockey style. Good, good bucket. My son just lost his front tooth, and I showed him O'Reilly, and he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Any uh, surprise on Jonathan uh, Taves taking himself out of the equation here? Yeah, long COVID, man. It's no joke. Yeah. It's not feeling right. Like, that's it's a scary wake-up call for anybody who's dealing with that. There's lots of people dealing with it. I, and yeah. Playing I do in the NHL is probably hard. If that increases his odds of staying in Chicago, to me it's like now he's not going to have that weird taint of having gone to – a random other team or something, you know, they've looked after him through this. They've, you know, will he now? When's the last time I don't think played? they want them back. You don't, eh? No. You know what? I don't blame them. As hard as that is to say, it's like, we're starting fresh. It's a new room, a new core. I don't blame them, but if Taves wants to play there for $3 million, are they going to well, say no? How about Pat Kane then? If yeah. Pat Kane wants to come back and he says, I've made a lot of, money here i've won my three stanley cups i want to retire chicago blackhawk yeah. how does kyle davidson who is kyle davidson to tell pat kane no oof it's funny because like what's the number that ain't a fun situation because what's the number if, if it's five million or something i could see you be like no you know what we just we don't want to do that but if it's you're not it's you're not expected to win the stanley cup right cap's not an issue right so like Five, six, seven, it won't matter. Spend it on guys going the other way that you can work on and develop. So, and what are you saying? Pat Kane can't help your team and uh, bring these kids along? Is yeah, that what you're saying? At, at, at what dollar amount? You know, that's. It, it won't be an issue, though. Right. Be, I, they're not a cap team. They're, right. not, uh, they're not full. Yeah. So, he says five or six. How does that make seven. you feel? 
when players of that ilk would be willing. And they haven't said they are, but like, you know, I certainly felt Ryan Getzlaff not wanting to leave Anaheim when just kind of playing out the career. It's anti-competitive to me, which is kind of the point of being in the NHL, isn't it? Don't you want to win? Team's not trying to win. Yeah, listen, we we could say that for a lot of guys that uh, have chosen not to go other places to try to win. And there's there's real pride though. That's I get it. And being a, a one time. jersey guy, like I understand that if you're a Hall of Fame level player, you've won cups. I it's not, not even all a Ray Bork who again didn't get it, didn't get it, didn't yeah. get it seventeen, nineteen times. Right. I don't know. Finally goes to Colorado and gets one. But Pat Kane's got three. Maybe I don't have it high on our priority. I'll say this. I wouldn't blame them, and it might be a decision I personally would make as a guy who would be in his 30s, maybe you got kids, family, whatever. But when you look at the greats and their competitiveness, whether it's Michael Jordan and LeBron or it's, you know, Sidney Crosby or whatever, you just can't see the true greats of the sport saying, I don't care if I win this year. That's hard to see and unlikely. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. All right. Oilers. Four in a row. What is up can't, with that? Can't close out a, a good lead. They've lost three, three, or sorry, two, three, nothing leads in the last week. Is that right? They're pulling a uh, Vancouver. Yeah, they were. I watched that game yesterday. They are ungood defensively. Wow, that's a broken record. I know. So I wonder if Ken Holland sees the Leafs do something. He's feeling a little bit of the pressure too. You better. It's a gettable division. I would hope so. You have the, literally the maybe the greatest player to ever lace him up on your team. Who, by the way, is embarrassing the league. Yes. He is 20 points up on second in scoring right now. He's got over 40 goals, over 100 points. It's February. He's on fire. Hey, listen, they're, they're like three or four other teams looking for defense. Yeah. And also... How many are out there? They're trying... Jack Campbell's like trying to keep... He's a screen door trying to keep water out. Watch yeah, him. just move on. I mean, the, the, so I was saying to Sam before the show, like the, the one that goes in, the screenshot, he's kind of screened, but he could not make himself smaller in the net. It's just like his confidence. He's just a different goaltender. I like the way I've been playing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How about our uh, good buddy uh, uh, Walshy? Alan Walsh kind of woke up Calgary a little bit. Big win. Uh, Jonathan Huberto had, I think, close to 18 minutes and two assists mm-hmm. on the weekend. New man. Watch that game, too. He was really good. Really? Yeah. He yeah. just, he was just like, I mean, he was moving around well, noticeable, dangling, passing, doing his thing, looking like Huberto from last year. He looked really good. I, I, I was blown away by how good he looked. I know we got into this a little bit Friday. I, the comparison to what Alan Walsh did with Marc-Andre Fleury, like it's, oh my God. Not, it's not even close. Oh, you mean the, you mean the, the, Monet painting yes, that he yes. said. There was no painting involved here. All he, all he said was, uh, you know, perhaps my client's not having that much fun out there right now, and it doesn't appear anyone else is having that much fun. I I didn't find it that big of a deal. Yeah. I, I did see Huberto doing an interview on that, and he was like, yeah, I just didn't know. I woke up and saw my I believe him. I do you uh, don't believe him? You think he's lying? Like I just the I only... guarantee he's whining to his agent about it. Well, that's the thing. No, is that Walsh I don't doesn't think pick so. up this information what? from no. nowhere. What do you no. mean? What? You he's not so. whining to his agent. He's texting. Walsh hears it from someone else. I'm Where does Walsh you. hear it from? He doesn't hear it from Huberto. You're crazy. Listen, okay. So he 
Every player's the same. Yeah. Every player cries to his agent, right. I want more ice time. Right. Or the coach doesn't, whatever. And that is not new to any agent. Okay. So he, he's pushing his client. He doesn't like to see his client who playing else he has in uh, 11 minutes of even strength time. He doesn't like that. Yeah. But who would? It just, it, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, right? that... And as far as Hubert is concerned and Marc-Andre Fleury, like, they love Alan Walsh. They mm-hmm. just love him. They trust him. They love him. They wouldn't have that big of an issue. No. I, you know, there's, you want your agent to go to bat for you. That's why you have an agent. He's the, he's the, he's the best one out there when that comes yeah. to taking some bullets and taking some hits. Yeah, he'll, t- he'll tweet out paintings. But, but this is a real thing where, like, you know, you talk about Hockey Canada or in the Olympics and Gretzky goes out there and puts himself in front. Or, you know, there's a number. Brian Burke talked about intentionally putting himself on blast in the media when his team needs to yes. deflect attention. There is something Sedin's. to be said, Sadeen, something to be said for guys yes. who will say, pin it on me, but things got to change over here. Let us, we're going to work yeah. on that over here. No, I'll maybe take the heat. Maybe he's kind of turn the energy a little bit maybe we'll see how that follows up with colorado or uh, calgary uh calgary is playing right now oh Oh, they started at 4 p.m and they are losing the first period to the philadelphia flyers cool 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 cool, maybe the energy still needs work (laughs) uh anything we've really learned on the weekend on buyers and sellers here guys we have a few minutes left but i'd say washington uh philadelphia uh, florida panthers with a Big win against Anaheim this afternoon that push, pushes them ahead Florida's, of the New York Islanders. Yeah, Florida's in the first wild card spot. In the first wild card spot, we talked about Washington on the way out. Maybe mm-hmm. Buffalo, big game, Sammy tomorrow night against your trusted Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Sabres GM Kevin Adams joining us tomorrow. By the way, really? Yeah, amazing. Detroit, what a producer. Buyers or sellers. Sell. Sell, 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 baby. They're in it. They oh, they're, they're not in it. Three points back. They're not in it. They're not in it with three points? No, listen to all the teams you got to go over. I agree with both of you. They're all. They're not going to make it, but they're in it. Little from Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa with a bad loss against the Boston Bruins, but that's asking bad for... Bad loss. Everyone loses the Bruins. No, but like... Standing-wise. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah sure. They, they needed one. Yeah. Come on. Ottawa wins today against Boston. That one has everybody excited. Yeah. They're, yeah. And Colorado is who we thought they were. Colorado is absolutely who we thought they were. They have one of the easiest schedules in the league the rest of the way, getting healthier, suddenly plus 20. Where do you have the Nashville Predators? Sell, 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 sell. sell. eh? Sell, sell, sell. Absolutely. They're seven points out of a playoff spot. It's been over for them. Okay. If yeah. if Calgary loses to Florida this after or uh, Philadelphia this afternoon, uh, that Calgary is like the Islanders. You can't sell now. You're they, just they really are the Western Conference Islanders. I do wonder if they would will do something drastic though, like the the you know we heard the Uyghur contract being available. Like, will they try to get significantly better? Give Dan Vladar the crease. Mm. How about the Flames are probably going to have Ladar as their guy and Markstrom on the bench, and in all honesty, Stuart Skinner's probably the guy for the Oilers with Campbell on the bench. Did not see that happen in Alberta this year, but here we are. All right, who's the who's the next name to drop? Timo? Is it Timo time yet? Or Chikrin? Oh, I would say Timo, because I think he's way more likely to get traded than Chikrin, no? 
Is Chikrin still? Is he, is he still sitting in the press box? Is he back in playing hockey yet? I don't know. Great question. <laughs> no, G- oh, Gabrikov's next to go. That's my name. Oh yeah, yeah. He's still sitting out. All right. God, that was a. I'm Talked exhausted. About, talked about a lot today, boys. I'm exhausted. It's emotional. And we'll get ready tomorrow. He's fired up. Toronto and the Buffalo Sabers. Our thanks to Gord Stellick, Jamal Mayers, as well. All right, enjoy uh, your night tonight. We're you back too. at it again tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening and following. Give us a ratings and a review. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great night, everybody.